Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, 134 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott steering the ship home today on Oilers Now. We're we tell you about Royal Pizza. It's pizza, pasta, and so much more. February is Valentine's Month at Royal Pizza. Enjoy your dinner for two, which includes your choice of salad, one of their gourmet pizzas, followed by a delicious dessert, all for just $37.95. Royal Pizza, still making it great. As we head off to our headliner today, brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky, it is the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H. A UK today. The head coach of the Bakersfield Condors is Colin Chalk. He joins us each Monday. Colin, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Doing great, Brendan. How about yourself? Excellent. Thank you. So a split on the weekend for your team. Big 5-1 win and then a 2-1 loss on Friday. Just maybe recap for us the uh, the games against the Wranglers down at the Saddle Dome, if you will. Yeah, they, they were hard-fought games. Um, you know, Obviously, the third period, we had a, a pretty big scoring outburst there, and uh, I think it was exciting for our team the way we way we scored those goals. And uh, you know, we knew going back-to-back right against the top team in the, in the division that, that they were going to respond, and you know, no surprise in a Calgary way. They tried to push us around, and uh, our, our guys responded. And, you know, it came down to one, one, one error and at the wrong time, so to speak, four seconds left. And, uh, you know, but our guys still had a lot of fight, and they... Uh, uh, you know, I guess that last one was a was somewhat of a heartbreaking win or, or loss, excuse me. But um, you know, we're definitely uh, enjoying the break and ready to get back after it. I got to ask you this because Calgary sitting at the top of the division, they've got a strong record. They have a physically strong team as well, and you guys get to test yourselves against them frequently. I, I wonder how much of a, a litmus test this is for your group when you do get to take on, you know, them. And, and I guess Coachella Valley's had a great season too. But I think of the rivalry, obviously, as being more with with the wranglers yeah absolutely you know we've uh, you know they they've had our number back to um you know really last year's playoff and and the, the, the last three games they were one goal games we felt like uh, we had outshot them uh, we had uh you know we were right there with them but we just didn't out, outscore them and uh you know I, I think um you know the last two games we were we were definitely uh 
I, I think our focus and our and our our execution of our game plan of just trying to get pucks in behind him and use our use our legs, use our use our youth. Uh, use our, our our pucks forward mentality. Um, you know, we were we 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 had it and we got the result in game one, and unfortunately, we didn't get the end result in game two. But we definitely liked the way our guys played. Yeah, it's, it was a five-game winning streak uh, leading into that loss on Friday, call. And I, I wonder what, um, in your opinion, has really made up the turnaround in a sense. I know that health has been a factor. What are you seeing out of the group in terms of how they've been able to gel and, and play maybe a Condor's brand of hockey over the past several games in a row? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting that, um, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not any X's and O's, it's a feeling. And, uh, you know, we had some injuries and, and we had some some maybe players that, you know, you know, were having having tough runs and, and some young players that were, you know, finding themselves and, you know, goaltender being hurt and, you know, those sorts of things. Our feeling was is that uh, we were in games, but we were waiting to maybe lose or, or we were waiting to for something bad to happen. And uh, the feeling we have now, uh, I would say for the past almost month now, is that uh, there's a lot of fight in us, and we're we're waiting to win, and we just you know it's going to eventually turn. It's going to eventually turn. This that, that that that's a feeling, and that's something that you can that that it's in the room, and it's in the air, and um, you know in those four seconds when Calgary scored that goal, like our bench was going crazy, and Calvin Pickard was out with the blue line saying it was offside, and the faceoff was here. Like there was there was not lay roll over and die. It was it was get up and fight, and with only four seconds left, we we actually almost got it, had a chance on the net so uh, and I think that that part of that belief is is, is in our room now and then we're you know we want to uh, ride that momentum uh, going in here down the stretch oh, for sure and I'm looking at some of the the top scores have have been comprised now of, of a lot of the younger team um the younger players on the team i mean save for seth griffiths who griffith rather who did represent the team at uh, ahl all-star weekend it's raf lavoie who's right there xavier borgo and, and castle rings so uh, as much of uh, the veteran insulation i think there's there's some really good players in there but it looks like the youth uh, colin is leading a lot of at least the offensive production recently is that somewhat fair to say yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, I, I think the silver lining in all of this is, uh, you know, the, the kids had a little bit of an, of a, they were expedited as far as their development. They got, they got some big minutes. They got important minutes. They got uh, specialty team minutes. They were involved in pressure situations. I think in, uh, you know, over, over 10 of our losses, uh, I think the number's 12, you know, you, you or Bob might know exactly, but you know, we're 10, uh, under 10 minutes tied and we find a way to, uh, uh, to let them, get the equalizer against us i think all those moments and those feelings uh uh um, and that that disappointment breed uh confidence and understanding how to win games so you know our kids you know you got uh, guys that used that you uh, mentioned and you also have some uh, some surprises like tulio uh, you got borgo is playing great hockey obviously um you know you have you have contributions from the, from the youth that uh, uh have really really helped kind of get us over that hump now uh with with the goaltender back and with the veterans starting to play play uh play better as well chatting with condors head coach colin chalk right now he's our headliner for wilhawk beef jerky 
Can you speak specifically to the things that some of the younger players have started doing that aren't showing up on the score sheet? I wonder how other parts of Xavier Borgo's game are rounding into form at, at this pro level because he was such an offensive dynamo in the in the QMJHL. And as we know, it takes uh, you know it's some time for that to or can I should say can take some time for that sort of thing to catch up. And he is right there in, in third in, in team scoring with 21 points. But I wonder for a player like him, a player like Tulio in this sort of first year in the jump call and what you're seeing in terms of their um, you know overall game building it's it's really uh their their hardness right they've, they've been the you know the, the best player or the top three player on their team and you know they had they had multiple opportunities on a nightly basis to score whereas you know now you're playing against men it's faster, it's tighter, there's no space out there. Understanding how to cut through guys' hands, get under sticks, um, you know, take a hit of someone who's, you know, 27, 28, you look at the Wranglers team, they have one first-year player in their team as first-round pick. So, you know, you know, everybody on their team or, or a large portion of their team has been to the conference finals in the American Hockey League. Understand, you know, from Oilers Center, understand the grind that the Oilers went through last year to get to that, to be one of four teams, right? So they're battle-tested, right? So Borgo and Tulio to to maybe not emphasize on, you know, blocking a sifter or a low wrist shot from the point, letting that get through, understanding how dangerous that can be. Like, they're getting in lanes now. You know, they're, they're forcing uh, D-man to put pucks to the bottom instead of, you know, dangerous wristers on that um, you know they're they're in the battle they're staying on the battle they're stopping on pucks that you know things that they probably could have got away with just because they were so talented offensively those things are going to get into the NHL one day and then really allow them to stay Michael Kesselring had a great week last week. I think he earned the team's uh, Player of the Week honors, something like that, with a couple goals, a couple helpers, and a plus six. He's top five in team scoring what do you like about his defensive game? I mean, I think the offensive side of things, Colin, seems somewhat uh, unexpected and maybe like a little gravy here, but he's a big body. How is he working for you on the point in terms of maybe more of the shutdown stuff? You know, uh, Keith McCambridge done a fantastic job uh, with him of just, you know, making sure, understanding the value in defending, the value in uh, in playing without the puck, you know, making sure his stick is on the puck, making sure he's under sticks, uh, you know, his box outs, uh, you know, that we, we don't have... We don't have guys hanging out in front of the net alongside of him as a double-layer screen for our goaltenders. Uh, you know, making a clean, efficient breakout pass and joining the rush, not leading the rush. And 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 the offense, uh, that like you said, that that wasn't expected. Uh, um, you know, if you look at uh, some of the scoring we had, especially earlier in the season, where would we be without? Michael Kesselring's offensive production, right? So we 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 are thankful for it. But you know, getting back to what he values first is good stick, physical play, clean breakouts, hard box outs, hard to play against in the D zone, and uh, that's really gonna gonna turn heads as a, as, a, as a six foot five right shot defenseman uh, no. to get into the Oilers line. All those similar traits to what we're seeing Vinny DeHarnay demonstrate up here, just the simplicity, but using that big frame to every bit of what it's worth. And that leads me to Marcus Niemalainen, who I believe was out for a couple games with injuries, back now. Um, you're starting to see him get comfortable again? Yeah, you know, Nemo is that, you know, that, that throwback, right? It's, uh, you know, when I played, you had... 
you had one offensive defenseman and, and and five bruisers, right? So now the obviously the game has changed and evolved. And but but Nemo's that will block a shot, run a guy over. Uh, you know, someone when you get on the ice of the opposing team, you better look around and see see where he is and know where he is. So um, yes, upper body injury, unfortunately. You know, we could have used him against uh, the Wranglers uh, in the Saddle Dome. Definitely would have helped, but uh, I don't believe he's going to be out too long. Um, but, uh, you know, he's someone that is just, uh, you know, he, he's, he's the glue, he's the spoon that stirs, that, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a big part of our team. Uh, one more for you here, Colin. As I look at the, the names on the roster, Jason Demers getting signed here, Justin Bailey, some uh, veteran insulation, as I mentioned. That's how I like to look at it. I wonder the value, even I see Seth Griffith, you know, leading the team offensively once again. What do these players mean in the room to the development of, of those who are considered more of the Oilers' prospects, as it were? You know, uh, you know th- those guys. Um, you know, it's 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 one thing for their production, right? That if you're, uh, you know, you're you're going on elite prospects or that kind of stuff, and you say, okay, well, JD hasn't scored, or you know, Griff's leading the team, and you know, and then and, and, you know, Bailey's got this, you know, uh, uh, you know, net, you know, this speed that he can all of a sudden break games open. That those those things are those are important, right? But it's the day to day. It's it's how they live, right? And I'll give you an example of JD. You know, on an off day, the coaches are in the office. And, and you know JD's come in for maintenance to uh, get adjusted and get some uh, get some therapy done and and you know that those sorts of things rub off on Mike Kesselring. Just understanding that it's a job and it, and and if you love what you do, it can be a damn good one, right? And uh, you know just those of how they're 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 even keel when there's a tough game. They're not way down on themselves. They you know they, hey you know look at what we did wrong, look what we did right. Let's move forward. Have a short memory, right? Uh, not dwell on a, on a tough performance. So, so those things that you know the veteran guys like Bailey and, and JD, um, you know, and, and Griff, they all they all do it in their different ways. Brad's a little bit more alpha. Griff is a little bit more softer and uh, um, you know inviting as far as like his leadership style, and that helps get you through tough times uh, uh, and you know they're all valuable and in different ways. Couple big home games for your team this weekend, hey Ontario and San Diego. Yeah, big big games. Uh, you know, obviously uh, teams like I don't want to say chasing, but uh, you know, uh, one that we're we're hunting and, and one that we want to keep in the rearview mirror. And uh, you know, we believe they're 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 winnable games, uh, and they'll be they'll be a competitive weekend. And we're excited to be back home. Awesome, Colin. Thank you so much for the time this afternoon. We'll chat next week. Okay. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Colin Chalks, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, who, as mentioned, a couple games this weekend. Friday, they host Ontario. Saturday, it is the San Diego Gulls. They're 18-22-3 right now. It's seventh in a 10-team Pacific division, but playoffs aren't necessarily out of reach at this point. Got to make some hay, though. Got to make some hay. We'll come back, and we'll uh, probably wrap the show with some of your text messages on Edmonton's potential all-star game. We're having some fun with what the uh, the Edmonton events may entail. Are we doing pothole dodging with the Zamboni drivers? Uh, something like that. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dave Draymond and the gang disturbed 
headlining rock show at Rogers Place. Theory of a Dead Man, Breaking Benjamin. They're going to blow the roof off that thing. I'll be there. Remember we had that storm that literally blew the roof off Rogers Place? That was craziness. Okay, we're talking at 780-496-0063 about potential Edmonton-themed skills competition events. You guys are awesome. How about uh, uh, B in Phoenix? He says, can Connor McDavid outrace a snowmobile or a dog sled? Then he says, better yet, each team captain as a musher races a dog sled pulled by six teammates. Let's do an Iditarod-style race. I think that's awesome. That is fantastic. Would pay a little homage to the, you know, the First Nations uh, history that we have here, of course. Broom hockey games, broom ball, says Lori. I'm I'm absolutely down for broom ball. I'm told my parents played that back in the day. I think you have one skate and one boot on, if memory serves. That could be something. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, Troy says, where are we, Troy? Have them play for a charity of their choice. Invite that charity to watch them. Oh, and that makes it more incentive for them to actually, you know, try hard. So they're, you know, competing for the charities that are there, says Troy. Uh, all right. Lots of texts here. Yeah, game of pond hockey seems to be the biggest theme. I love that idea. I think keeping it outdoors might be the best way to do it. But, of course, if you're going to have it at Commonwealth, that defeats the purpose of showcasing the ice district. So there, there might have to be some concessions made in that sense. But I wonder if they do. I wonder if they do some sort of pond hockey game. What would be the best venue for that? Because Jasper seems kind of far away. Moraine Lake seems very far away for that type of thing, assuming the city was going to host, you know. Uh, John says the women are a great addition. Uh, maybe they're the best no-hit hockey players in the world. You can watch somebody at the top of their game play hockey and not get excited about it. You're not a real hockey fan, in my opinion. I don't care if it's NHL, Wee, or women's pro hockey or anything else, says John. He was just fine with the women in that skills competition. Another texture here from South of the Border says... Uh, the NHL needs to scrap the politics. Each team does their own skills competition and then sends the winner. I want to know who actually has the hardest shot, who's actually the fastest, the most accurate, and the best passer. That's a you know not a bad point. But the thing is, as we've mentioned before, the top, the, the fastest skaters in the game don't necessarily want to do that event. It's it's a little bit leery, and we already kind of know who the fastest skaters in the game are, right? Hardest shot, I was surprised to see Elias Pettersson win that 103 miles an hour. That's right up there historically. Um, but he's got, you know, a super long stick. I don't know. I don't, half the time, I don't even trust the radar gun that they're using on those things. When I see Ovechkin step into one and it's like 93 miles an hour. Really? Not too sure about that one. But anyway, I appreciate all of the ideas that came across the line. I love it. I think what I would do is... Um, I like that hardest shot across the North Saskatchewan River. Let's park them on the other side and see if they can clear the Walterdale Bridge. That's cool. I like that a lot. Um, okay.
This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Head to California this April. Watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1981. Wayne Gretzky picks up a natural hat trick, the fourth of his career. He added three assists for his 100th point of the season. Second straight year he did that. The Oilers winning 10-4 over the visiting Winnipeg Jets. Wayne in on six of the 10 goals. What else is new? What else is new? Well, tomorrow, Bob will be back. The team will be in Detroit and will be setting up a game from Little Caesars Arena. Oilers and Red Wings, 5 o'clock tomorrow night on 6.30. Chad, it begins the post-All-Star portion of the uh, Oilers schedule. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. You will hear from our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, as well as Wings play-by-play voice, Ken Cal. Uh, yeah, then tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, you'll want to hear this show because it's uh, Oilers GM and President of Hockey Ops, Ken Holland, on board for an exclusive conversation. We'll also hear from Daily Faceoffs Frank Saravalli. For the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta, find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. Up next, the Global News weather traffic update with James Dunn, followed by Angela Cocott from 2 to 3 today. And then Jaylen Nye has your 6.30 Chet afternoons. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much and so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios.